we're in an era of rapid change where resilience is vital. The Davout for Thought podcast dives into the most important topics in government and technology today. Our host, Davout Goats, sits down with his vast network of colleagues to dish on the tech challenges that affect us all. Follow this podcast on your favorite platform and join the conversation by sharing it on LinkedIn, Twitter, or Facebook. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Direct Technologies Davood for Thought podcast. I'm Davood Oates, and I will be your host today. The way I stay up with the pressing topics of tech and government of today is to tap into the panel of experts I've had the honor of connecting with over the years. Today, we have Christian Farland joining us on the podcast. Christian is currently the Chief Information Officer at CalPERS. He manages the administration and direction of CalPERS's information technology services and strategy and provides leadership and counsel to the board and executive team. Christian's duties include overseeing the 600 member information technology team as well as the technology portfolio that makes up CalPERS's $100 million IT budget. Christian, that's pretty impressive. Without (laughs) going into too much of your background, I want to welcome you to our podcast and ask you to tell us a bit about your background. For someone who doesn't know about your experiences, can you give us a brief overview of what your career path has been and what you do now? Welcome. Absolutely, David, and thanks for having me. It's you know, it's it's wonderful to to speak with you again and and uh, you know, share some of the things that we have going on at CalPERS. Yeah, I started my my state career uh, as a budget analyst with the Employment Development Department, and so I I tend to come at business and IT with with maybe a financial lens that that uh, isn't you know a, a pure technical uh, approach. I've always looked at things from the, how can we make this better? How can we make it more efficient? And hopefully I've brought that forward in all of the, the uh, different functions and jobs that I've had along the way. Uh, I was fortunate enough, some people might remember uh, Dennis Dearbaugh. He was my, my, one of my early managers and he was the one who introduced me to IT and brought me over into IT. And I, I really remember st- him well. Yes. yes. He introduced me to t- technology and said, you know, here, which project would you like to, to, to kind of dip your, your toes in? And I got into call centers. Uh, EDD was rolling out call centers at the time. And so for me, because of my budget background, I was able to figure out where all the different cost points were, what was driving cost, kind of what from a project perspective, kind of where, where those things were occurring. And so really got me into project management from there, did leave state service for a little while, went to work at the money store, doing a lot of contact center and CRM type technologies over there. And then did a little bit of consulting after I left there. Uh, Did some things on my own, worked for a couple of different uh, companies, uh, one in Southern California, one up here in Sacramento, but decided that uh, I was on the road a lot and I really had missed the first year of my daughter's life. And so the opportunity came to uh, go kind of back to my roots, back to public service. And I went to work at CalPERS answering phones on the help desk. And I've had the fortunate opportunity to be at CalPERS now uh, 18, 19 years. 
um, and seeing all kinds of different changes, but working my way through a variety of different places uh, in IT. Like I said, I started on the, the help desk, went into desktop support, moved over into uh, computer operations, um, production services, uh, and then moved back into project management and uh, really have just had, had a tremendous opportunity to try a number of different things and get exposed to different parts of IT. So, you know, this is sort of the culmination of all of that, those experiences in, in bringing those together and being the CIO and helping to, to lead an organization and, and meet CalPERS mission of, of providing retirement and health benefits to those who serve California. Excellent, thank you, Christian. That's an impressive career path and I uh, wish you all the best. Uh, I knew you had a CTO vacancy. Have you filled that yet? We have not filled that. Um, the final filing date for that was last week. Okay. I am, you know, you know how the, the process goes. I'm going to be reviewing those uh, applications in the next week or so. And I'm hoping to have uh, interviews early in May and, uh, have that position filled by the first of the fiscal year, July 1, no later than. That's my Perfect. Hope. Good luck to you and your team. Thank I you. also am honored and pleased that you mentioned Dennis's name. I, I had no idea that we will be going this direction, but I had the pleasure of working with Dennis also at the Consolidated Data Center when HWDC uh, and Teal Data Center consolidated. And uh, I have fond memories of Dennis. And he was truly one of the leaders in IT in the state. And uh, uh, I enjoyed working with him. Absolutely. he was. I mean, I, I see him as you know, one of the key people in my, my career path. Uh, he's the one, like I said, who, who brought me into IT and kind of set me on that direction. But he was also a mentor in, in let's push the boundaries and finding ways to to do this more efficiently, more effectively, but also uh, in, in, in a framework that makes sense. So I, I've always, always relied on, on his guidance. Definitely yep. miss him. Yeah, we lost him a few years ago. So since that day, since that time, a lot has happened in IT. So what emerging trends are you seeing in our field that um, we all should be paying more attention to, that CalPERS is paying more attention to? Yeah, I don't know that they're necessarily emerging, but I think with with the last year and the COVID pandemic, um, certainly virtual, you know, working virtually, working remotely, all of the technologies that that go into that uh, have really gotten pushed to the forefront. Yeah, and and it, and it really touches on a lot of different things. It's not just how I do my work or where I do my work and the connectivity. How do I do it securely? So the the security side of that, and making sure that no matter where my people are, uh, I'm providing them a secure connection, and at the same time, I'm securing all of my you know critical information. My you know, for us at Calpers, we have a lot of uh, personal and, and health information, and so you know being responsible for that is is a big deal. The other thing I'm seeing is just the the need for <clears throat> You know, we've always been sort of our, our disaster recovery and backup has been we're on site, we save it somewhere else, uh, and we restore it back on site. 
with us being a lot more remote and certainly with people, everything moving to the cloud like it is, that resiliency or disaster recovery is less about the recovery than it is about distributed technology and sort of being able to flip over from one thing to the other. Uh, and so one of the things that we've done in that area, uh, we were fortunate our timing was, was good. We had moved our contact center from an on-prem solution uh, about a year before the pandemic. So when, when it came time to flip the switch and move everybody out of the building, uh, that was relatively seamless other than getting them equipment to take home. So that's an example of it. That's great. That's a great uh, lead into my next question, which is I think you would agree that adjusting to the pandemic was challenging for many organizations. And now everyone is, everyone is thinking of what the next major disruption like the pandemic is going to be and how can we better be prepared for it? So resiliency is a big topic of conversation these days and many in the industry, including direct technology, are offering services like resilience as a service. What are some examples of resilience you've seen in your business in the past 12 to 14 months? And what is the one thing that you're doing to improve resilience? Um, so it's interesting. I, I look at resilience as, as, particularly as it relates to the pandemic in, in two parts, one from a technology and business perspective, uh, the other from a, from a personal perspective of, of people. Uh, Technology-wise, I gave the example of, of us moving our contact center to a cloud-based system. Uh, but the other thing we've also done is moved or changed the way we've done our network topology, leveraging services like Equinix uh, and being much more diverse in, in getting things out to the cloud and access to the cloud much, much easier uh, without having to, to rely on a, a particular path here and a particular path there. Uh, that's given us the ability to be much more flexible in both providing access to our, our products and services, but also are getting folks, our internal folks, access to those things to, to manage and maintain them. And we have them distributed uh, in diverse sites, uh, Seattle and San Francisco, or excuse me, San Jose. So that's one piece of it. Um, the other piece of it is from a resilience perspective, not you know, so much of our business, and I'm sure most, most of the folks within, particularly within the state of California, a lot of our stuff was, uh, if not paper-based, it was manual-based. I might have an electronic document, but I'm moving that from place to place and having to do that manually. One of the things that we have really been trying to push is taking those processes that, certainly the ones that, that are easily moved to a more automated solution to do that, and taking a really hard look at a lot of our processes and leaning them out so that we can be much more flexible and responsive if and when we have to, to shift them. We've gone to uh, electronic signature in a lot of different cases, um, manual routing, auto routing, those kinds of things based on workflows. And it just, it, it takes the kind of mundane people portion out of it and allows people to do the actual, the, the analytical work that is really value add. Right. From a, um, just a people perspective, it's been it's been wonderful to watch the uh, resilience of you know not just the the Calpers team members serving our members, um, but particularly you know my vision is into into IT and seeing the 
the way that people have been able to dive into coming up with innovative solutions or from a management perspective, you know, being willing to try and fail quickly on things. Yep. Uh, we, you know, early on in the pandemic, we were trying a bunch of different uh, technologies, you know, Chromebooks for this, something else for that. And there was a real sense of, of let's just try this. And if we fail, we'll move on to the next thing. And to, to see that kind of, of kind of teamwork and people willing to kind of throw themselves to try to help everybody else in the organization, knowing that our end mission is providing those benefits. Uh, it, it's, it's been wonderful to watch. Um, and it, I think it's, it's given people a, a real sense of, of accomplishment as tired as we get, you know, after a year of this, uh, I'm still looking at my team and, and seeing them, you know, with their chin up being proud of the things that they've done. So. Uh, that's fantastic. As a member of my CalPERS, I am happy that you are at the helm for <laughs> responsible for the infrastructure and the systems at CalPERS. And I, we, we ask this question because really there needs to be awareness at all organizations. What if we run into another black swan event that no one expected? How resilient are we? And uh, how quickly can we get back up? So um, I'm glad to hear that CalPERS is well prepared. Christian, at Direct Technology, when we get, take on a project, we always talk about how we are going to get that project done just like anyone else. But we also ask why we are doing what we are doing. We even have a department of why. Um, what is your why? What motivates you in your work? I think there's two pieces of that. You know, I, I mentioned early on in my career that one of the things that does drive me is how can we do things more efficiently? And so there's always that part of it. It's like, how, how can we make a better mousetrap? And, and I see that in, 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 the, in the teams around me, um, always looking to, to do things better. Um, <clears throat> but I, you know, for, for most of us, or for, I think for all of us at CalPERS, one of the, the important things is our mission. And I keep going back to that. Um, but when you think about public service and you think about you know, serving the people of California and serving the people who serve the people of California, that's a pretty strong mission to get behind. And knowing that you're providing the you know, financial security, the health security, you know, in our case, for you know, approximately two million folks, um, it, you feel that responsibility, but you also feel the the pride in in being able to do that. So, how can I make that better? How can I how can I touch somebody's lives? And, and periodically, you know, our our uh, communications team will put out a a, a video or a, a, an expose on, you know, here's, here's how we have touched people's lives in the state of California. Here's how we've touched, uh, you know, somebody's retirement uh, to hear those kinds of stories, uh, particularly back from our contact center or through our board meetings. It, it, it makes you think, you know, even though I'm just plugging in this particular cable into the back of this server, I contributed to that. And that's, we really try to tie everything we do back to our mission into our strategic plan. Excellent. 
it's really a chance to make a difference when you work in public sector and you guys do that. And we would, we would be happy to partner with any department to help achieve that goal. And I, what, what a great motivator to uh, make someone's life better. I was really excited. You know, we do a, at CalPERS, we do an annual engagement survey with all of our, our uh, team members. And one of the questions is about how well does the organization tie uh, you and your work to the mission? And uh, what was really uh, redeeming for me and, and encouraging for me was with, within IT alone, uh, we were 90 plus percent of the folks said, I see a direct tie of my work to, to the CalPERS mission. So if you, if you can do that, then, then everything else gets easier. Exactly. I agree. Next question is about inspiration and innovation. Um, and I know you guys are very innovative at CalPERS. So what inspires innovation on your team or at CalPERS? I think anytime there's recognition of, of the ideas that are brought forward and people can see those things come to fruition. Uh, we have a number of, of different paths that people can bring ideas forward. We have what's called the idea factory, which is uh, enterprise wide where, where people submit their uh, ideas for improvement and it goes through a governance process of, of the senior leaders and prioritized. And particularly, you know, once those things get implemented, we do whatever we can to uh, communicate that this is where that came from. Your ideas are important. Here's how they came to fruition. And, and so to see those things actually flourish gives people that encouragement to keep submitting those good ideas. You know, I can sit in my chair as the CIO and have all kinds of grand ideas, but the wonderful thing about these kinds of programs is that the people that are specifically in, in the work that are, they're touching that work every day. They see where the problems are. They know it's, they know how to fix it far better than I do. Um, I can just help facilitate getting those things improved. So that's one way. Um, the other one, the other thing we try to do is really connect. We, we've done a lot of work with business relationship management uh, within our IT in our IT organization and the rest of CalPERS. And we have regular meetings with uh, you know, our leadership, their leadership, trying to understand uh, where it is they need to go, where it, what it is they need to accomplish, what are the metrics they're trying to hit, uh, what are the key drivers and risks, and really working with them on strategies on how to get there. And again, that, that partnership of, of constant improvement and, and working together, uh, I think really drives innovation that I had not seen in the past. Innovation is not always about the latest technology. It's about collaboration. It's about partnership. It's about the human side of tech. Exactly. It's about listening to each other. Yeah. Yeah. So one of our models at Direct Technology is the human side of tech. And the next couple of questions, my last two questions are um, about that. So we want to learn more about you. What is something that would surprise people about your background or interests? I don't know. That, I don't know if anything I, about me surprises people. Um, Are you into winemaking? Do you like travel? I, I, I love travel. Well, so I, I have a number of different hobbies. I, I'm, I'm a, an avid cyclist. Mm -hmm. yeah, I, um, 
in fact, I'm right now training for a, a ride uh, by my 55th birthday this summer. I want to ride from Sacramento to San Francisco. Wow. Have the, ma- have the route all mapped out. I've got some, some folks that are training with me and going to help me get there. Uh, so that, that's one of the things. Uh, I'm also an avid golfer. So the problem I have is that both of those things take time. <laughs> and so they compete with each other. Um, I've been playing a lot of golf uh, during COVID. Unfortunately, my, my skills and score have not shown, you know, that dedication of time, but I still get out and it's, you know, it's nice to be outside and spaced and walk around, um, travel. It's so it's funny. You're asking about my, uh, my career. I start, I went to college and I was a history major. I love history. Uh, I love historical fiction. I love visiting historical places and travel. That's just kind of a, a thing I like to do. Uh, my my original intent was to be an attorney, mm. but clearly Dennis, you know, changed that trajectory. <laughs> um, and and so reading and I like I like to read about places and then go visit them or visit them and go read them. And, and it to me that really kind of brings both both pieces to life both the, the specific history, but also the, you know, fictional history. And you can imagine things around there. Good. Good luck to you on your bike ride from Sacramento to San Francisco. Thank you. What's the farthest you've done? Uh, the longest I've gone in a given day is uh, just over a hundred miles. I've done several centuries. Okay. And then um, uh, there's a, a group of folks that I've done a trip down the coast with a couple of times uh, some people might know uh, Devin Holmes from CDCR. Yeah, uh, he organizes a trip called the Pack West Tour that mm-hmm. I've joined in on a couple of times, and you know that that's a multi-day trip that goes from essentially uh, the Santa Cruz area all the way down to just south of Santa Barbara. Very so good. That one's, that one's fun. Yeah, I know Devin very well. I worked with him at CDCR. Mm-hmm. Um. And I'm not surprised that you're an avid golfer, since you know Dennis. <laughs> Dennis is also the one who got me into golf. <laughs> yeah. Very good. Uh, Christian, where can people find you and keep tabs on what you're working on? How can people support your work? Sure. So, um, you know, a lot of the things that we do, we're, we try to be as transparent as possible. Uh, and so quarterly, our project updates and things like that are posted as are reported as part of our board reports. Um, so, um, you know, that's kind of the easiest and quickest way. There's also, um, you know, we do semi-annual reports of, you know, here's the purchases that we're doing. Here's the uh, uh, potential uh, contracts that we're going out for. So those are the kinds of things at a kind of very high level um, that, that uh, are just easily accessible. Um, but we've been setting up, what we've been trying to do is do regular uh, quarterly business reviews with a lot of our partners and you know, just kind of setting aside time for, for new ideas to come in. Uh, I've, I've always struggled with you know, managing the time of, of people cold calling. Uh, and so if anybody has any suggestions on how to kind of set those up, uh, we, we've, we've flirted with, the idea of you know one Friday morning a month, thirty minutes locked up. Um, I'm always open for those kinds of uh, of suggestions for right. doing that. But you know, a phone call. Uh, I'm always available. 
shoot me a note on LinkedIn. Very good. Um, you know, most people answer this question by LinkedIn, but I appreciate you offering several uh, channels and uh, I'm sure we'll be taking advantage of that. Thank you so much for joining us today, Christian. Thank you listeners out there for joining us as well. We will see you all in the next episode of Davut for Thought, where we will shed more light on the human side of tech.